You're listening to the Racially Just Schools podcast, the show that provides resources to help you and your team build racially just schools. Now, here's your host, Dr. Terrence L. Green. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Racially Just Schools podcast. My name is Terrence Green and I am your host and I am excited. I am ecstatic and I am deeply humbled that you are here with us for the very first episode, episode number one. So fist bump, snaps and claps to you for being here for the very first episode. Now, since it is the first episode, what I thought we would do in the spirit of being an educator is to do some housekeeping. <laughs> now, housekeeping is, is very important because housekeeping allows us to develop collective understanding, collective expectations, particularly around what is forthcoming with this podcast. And so to do that, I've organized today's episode, episode number one, around three questions. And these questions are, number one, I'm gonna spend some time talking about who am I? You know, who am I personally? Who am I professionally? Um, What has been some of my entry points into this work? Uh, What is where am I and what has been my journey in working to build um, racially just schools? And the second question that I want to spend some time talking about is why the racially just schools podcast? And as I talk about this question, you know, I honestly just want to share with you what's in my heart behind the the motives, the intentions, the pursuits um, for creating the racially just schools podcast. And then third and finally, I want to spend some time talking about like what you can expect when you tune into this podcast. You know, it is my hope and my desire that not only will you listen to this podcast, but the people that you're working in solidarity with, the people that are on your team, that you will all listen to this podcast and that you will have conversations about it and that it will inform the work that you're doing to build racially just schools. So I'm super excited about digging into these three questions. So let's go. To start, I want to spend some time briefly just sharing a little bit about myself, who I am personally, um, professionally, and I think I'll start with what I'm currently doing and kind of work my way back. So um, right now, um, at the time of this recording, I'll be entering my ninth year as a professor of educational leadership and policy. So I'm currently a tenured associate professor at the University of Texas at Austin. And um, I co-direct our principal preparation program where we focus on preparing leaders to do work around racial justice, um, anti-racism and equity. And so um, I've been teaching for almost now the last decade, a course on leading for justice and equity in K-12 schools. I've also taught the course at Teachers College Columbia and their Summer Principals Academy. So I have had the honor of teaching this course to school leaders, many school leaders in many different places. Um, As well, I have the opportunity to work with and consult with a number of districts and schools. And so the work of racial justice, particularly thinking about building racially just schools, um, what leadership teams with um, school systems is something that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, I feel blessed that I have the opportunity to do that professionally. Um, You know, uh, but I didn't always start there. Right. So I wasn't always a professor. I'm actually um, originally from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised in the D. 
the 313 uh, Motown, the Motor City. Uh, we always like to say, what up, though? So all my people from Detroit listening, what up, though? Uh, and I'm a proud graduate of Detroit Public Schools. And after graduating from high school, I um, attended a historically black university, HBCU. And um, th- that was a turning point in, in some ways because that was the first place in a formal education space where I felt like I was intellectually thriving and um, not that I didn't thrive intellectually in other facets and other spaces in my life. But this was like the first time in like an informal educational setting where this thriving took place. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I realized, think retrospectively in, in having the experience of attending a HBCU, Historically Black College University, is that institutions are pivotal. They're critical to, to, to transformation, right? And, and it's so important for us to really think about our work institutionally beyond just individuals, although I had some amazing professors and uh, I had some amazing friends and folks that I met there. Um, institutions are extremely powerful. Um, so after I graduated from undergrad, I began to teach um, locally. I taught in Kentucky. Um, I was a high school science teacher. I taught um, anatomy and physiology, which was actually an elective. I taught um, uh, biology and I taught earth and space science, chemistry, physics mixed course called Integrated Science. And um, I really enjoyed teaching. Um, I learned a lot um, with my students. Um, It was an amazing experience. And while I was in the classroom, you know, a few people tapped me on the shoulder, said you should think about administration. And um, I, I thought about it. And so I went back and I got my master's while I was teaching. And so I got my master's at night while I was te- teaching in the day, got my master's at night and I got my uh, master's in educational leadership, right, to be an administrator. And so by the time of the end of my program, you know, there were kind of like a crossroads, right? Um, do I teach longer? Do I um, think about becoming an AP and pursue the administrative route? Uh, or is there something else? And for me, I think the things that I was weighing more than anything, it was kind of like, what do I want to do with my life in the respect of where do I want to have the greatest sphere of influence? And where do I think I can do that? And for me, I wanted to have a breadth of impact, right? Um, and I felt like being working at a school and being a, a principal, they have amazing depth of impact. And of course, there's breadth to it as well. But I wanted to work with people um, across context, across space, uh, across the country, in different places the, around the world. And um, so that was one thing, right? The, 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 the lever of impact. And I think this is important for us doing building racially just schools. We have to get clear on where are our leverage points for this work, right? There are cracks in the system where we can um, infiltrate to begin to rebuild racially just schools. Um, and so for me, it was uh, leadership. It was thinking about the systems level. It was thinking about school systems, schools as these systems and, and intervening there as places and points of intervention. The other thing too, this idea of intervening in how knowledge is produced and how it's constructed. So as a professor, you know, I, I, I get to write, I get to publish and I get to, um, quite frankly, puncture the taken for granted lies 
that have been perpetuated, particularly around black students, around schools and communities, around the ways in which uh, school leaders engage and work in collaboration with community stakeholders and to really um, aim to disrupt racial oppression in schools and the racial status quo. And so having the opportunity to publish to publish research is off, was also a leverage point for me. But then another thing about why I became a, was interested in, in, in doing something else is I just had all these questions. And I like to say I, I've been a researcher since, you know, I was three, four, five years old asking questions about these larger sociological questions I used to ask, um, even when I was a child growing up in Detroit, these larger educational questions. And I, and I, I felt like the best way to address all three of those was to pursue a PhD. And that's, so that's what I did. Um, after teaching, got my master's, I went full time and, um, study educational leadership and policy at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And so there was a turning point getting my PhD at UW Madison because, you know, another turn point because I was in a place where people were thinking very critically, very deeply and very radically around really um, reorienting and dismantling the current racial status quo. And um, it was a powerful time, a powerful time in my development. And so um, after I uh, graduated from UW-Madison, um, as I said before, I've been now here at the University of Texas at Austin uh, for almost the last decade um, working with schools and training school leaders um, to do the work of racial justice. And so that's a little bit about me professionally and personally. And I'll be sharing a lot more um, throughout this podcast, but just want to give you a little preview so that you know who you are listening to during these conversations. Now I want to spend some time talking about why the Racially Just Schools podcast. And I think it's very important for us to really think about the why behind our work and being very clear on our, our why and really anchoring ourselves in that. So I think about a couple things when I think about why this podcast, I'm often reminded of this quote by Robin DG Kelly that says, without new visions, we don't know what to build, only what to knock down. And this is an important quote to me um, because it really highlights the importance of not only dismantling, but also the work of rebuilding, right? So it's not enough to just to deconstruct or to tear down if that isn't going hand in hand with thinking about how to rebuild and to reconstruct. Um, and so I think about the importance of having new visions and thinking about new possibilities, because when we have those, according to that quote from Dr. Kelly, it positions us to engage in the work of building, right? And so Part of this podcast is to have a space where people can convene and come together and um, engage in conversations and, and, and access resources from and with people who are about the work of building racially just schools, right? And so that's one thing that I think about. The second thing is I, I hope that this would be a space where you can experience radical support inspiration, but also healing because we know this work, uh, it can be difficult. It can take a toll on you mentally, emotional, spiritually, physically, all these different ways. But I hope that these conversations and the resources and the information that we share with you will be uplifting, that they will um, they will offer support in profound ways that you will find them inspiring, but also be a source of healing. When I use the word radical, I think about the etymology of that word, thinking about the roots. So 
thinking that there is a type of support that will root you deeply in this work as you continue to do it and build racially just schools. The third reason why um, this podcast is to really help folks wade through a lot of the misinformation around doing this work. You know, uh, since 2020, this work, you know, anti-racist work, uh, equity work uh, that that to be quite frank, black folks have been doing since their since our existence. Um, indigenous folks, Asian folks, uh, Latino, Latina, Latinx folks have been doing since our very existence. But it hit the mainstream in 2020. Um, and I think there's a lot of misinformation that folks still approach the work of racial justice from these very simplistic technical perspectives thinking that you know i do these six steps add water and stir and voila i have a racially just school (laughs) and the reality is it just it it doesn't work like that right um that this is not only adaptive work but this is deep systemic work this is deep structural work and um there's a lot of quick fixes and technical solutions that people toss around that that just don't work. Right. And so um, I, I, I hope that the resources and the conversations that you hear on this podcast will help you wade through misinformation and be able to discern more clearly the things that will enhance the collective capacity of the work that you're doing to build racially just schools. Finally, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about what you can expect from this podcast when you tune in. So the first thing is I want to be very clear that the pursuits and aims of this podcast, the pursuit is racial justice, building racially just schools and is not perfection. Right. Um, You know, I'm not trying to be perfect here. Um, The goal is not conflated. That's what we want to do. And so that means that you know, doing this work is difficult. Um, doing this work, it um, is messy. Doing this work doesn't fit nice and neatly into a set of boxes that you can easily check the list. And so you will see that you will you will experience that as you engage in this podcast, that that's the relenting pursuit that we're after. It is to build racially just schools. And to do that, another thing you can expect is conversations, candid honest, open, keeping it 100 conversations with people who are doing the work of building racially just schools. And the people that will be on part of this podcast that I'll be breaking bread with, uh, they they come from a variety of capacities. Um, but regardless if they are professors or they are school and district leaders, whether they are families or caregivers, whether they are teachers, whomever they are, these are folks that are doing the work of building racially just schools. And through these conversations, hopefully you'll be able to glean um, insights, resources, direction that will help you and the folks that you're working with to build racially just schools. Now, when thinking about these conversations, I want to be very clear. Um, I am centering the perspectives, the lived experiences, the expertise of black people. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm centering and I'm, I'm talking to and want to 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 make central the, the the work that black people are doing to build racially just schools. And to be clear, um, I center the perspectives and the voices and experiences of black people explicitly, um, yet not exclusively. So in other words, um, I'll also be breaking bread and have a conversation with, with 
indigenous folks, with um, um, Asian folks, with folks who are Latino, Latina, Latinx. And so uh, these perspectives are, are, are valuable to be able to have these conversations to share the work that people are doing is extremely pivotal. Um, and then finally, um, you can also expect when we don't have guests in here where we're chopping it up and breaking bread and talking through the work that people are doing to build racially just schools, I will be on here um, sharing resources, um, sharing um, insights and things that can help you and your team build racially just schools. So I'll be doing like some um, teaching, but the teaching will be more um the goal is that the teaching will be collaborative in that uh, there will be things and questions and resources that will be useful to the work that you are doing. Well, that is it, folks. Thank you so much for joining episode one of the Racially Just Schools podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And I am so excited and really looking forward to our time together during future podcasts. What I need you to do is to please hit the subscribe button, share with a friend, and please leave a review. We love reviews. And if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to www.raciallyjustschools.com. That is www.raciallyjustschools.com. When you join our community, I have a free video for you on three tips that will make your racial justice work better. And again, if you love the show, hit subscribe rate it and leave a review on itunes and until next time peace